Welcome to the Two Marketeers podcast, where marketing swashbucklers, Sean and Lindsay, seek to demystify the fascinating world of modern marketing. Each episode takes listeners on a storytelling adventure that informs, entertains, and inspires marketing enthusiasts of all kinds. And now, here are your hosts, the two marketeers themselves, Sean Patrick and Lindsay. Wow! Yeah! Woo! Take the stick! Hola! Hi! Hi. Hola, Margarita! Hi. Friday of the long weekend! Whoopee and it's cocktail time in the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> I love how it's long weekend in a pandemic. Like it's still Wednesday. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Hi, Lindsay. It literally doesn't matter. Ladies and gentlemen, Lindsay Wah. Hello. <sighs> and everyone, Sean Patrick. <laughs> I never know what I'm doing. We've never seen him in person. Look at Welcome. his name. <laughs> I think you have. Welcome to the very first video recorded episode of the Two yes. Marketeers podcast. You can't just roll up in your jammies for this one. To my to zhuzh it up. To my right, the beautiful Lindsay B. Wah. And to my left, Shawnee P. Patrick, wise guy extraordinaire. She's like, well, I need a compliment, so I need to pause. <laughs> to my left, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a minute to come, <laughs> you say something to come like, up with something. The very interesting, <laughs> Patrick. The very interesting and full of personality that no one wants to pay for. Okay. Sean Patrick. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. So, so Lindsay, what, what have you been doing the last hour? Tell our fans. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I was Googling margarita recipes because it's time to get my blend on. Oh, I thought you said you were gobbling margaritas. Or is that the plan? Yeah, Googling, sampling, same thing. Gobbling. Same You're thing. Googling how to best Googling, gobbling, sampling. It's the best. Yum. Same thing. It's going to be a great weekend. What were you doing? Uh, playing with new toys, like how to use video for podcasts. <laughs> you know me. So we know who the cool one is. Yeah. We leave it you. at that. It's um, clearly you. And we know who the alcoholic is. It's again, you. So what are we talking <laughs> about today? <laughs> I'm going to ask you. What are we doing like here on this fine Friday? I'm going to ask you because I like the way you say it. Okay. Can we do that? Is it Lindsay? Barbaras? Barbaras. <laughs> Lindsay, what are we talking about today? Barbaras. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just came back from a meditative step-by-step winter landscape. Oh. <laughs> so That's why I'm so relaxed. I didn't realize until I raised this topic with Lindsay that there's about three other people in the world who don't know who Bob Ross is other than Lindsay. Oh, really? Why you've told other people we're talking about Bob Ross and they're like, who now? No, I actually don't know anyone. I just, oh, just that me? to make you feel better. Well, I don't, it's, I don't raise it in talk conversation that much. You're a different age. So, I mean, Bob Ross and the joy of painting was his show. Um, that ran in the 80s and 90s when I was at my prime. One day I'm going to be an artist. 
part of my life. Um, okay. He was your true inspiration? He was an inspiration. Yes. I mean, back then, you know, in 1984 or whatever, and you were a young teenager and you could draw and you were artistic. It was hopefully a hobby because otherwise your only source of employment would be something called an artist. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, yeah, I look back and I mean, Lindsay's going to talk a bit about why we're talking about Bob Ross right now in particular, but uh, Bob Ross was this guy who had a show on PBS, which is public broadcasting. Um, He was awesome. And he had a 26 minute show on like, I think every week it was a lot. And um, he would paint something using what was called a wet on wet technique, um, which appealed to me because I was, I like doing stuff, but I didn't, you know, oil paints and stuff like that. It's like, I don't want to wait like for stuff to dry. I can't deal with that. So I really like the fact that you didn't have to wait for things to dry and go back. Oh, is that why it's beneficial? Cause you just keep cruising. You do like the whole idea is he completes a painting in his 26, 26 minute episode. That's kind right. of, and, and he encourages fans to do it with him. Um, so the idea would be that you would set up your easel, you could purchase his products or other products, but he had kits. And the idea was to, it was like being in a classroom. So he does it as if he's a teacher and you just do what he does. Um, so that's the whole premise of the show. Um, and, but what really, but then you couldn't, that was before the like pausing TV days. Mm-hmm. So did you just have to like keep up? at this rapid pace of finishing this painting in 26 minutes? What if you missed a tree? Right. A happy tree, a happy little tree, he would call it. Exactly. Those are all great questions, Lindsay. Um, Which we will never know the answer. No, I have the answer. The the vast majority of his fans did not or do not paint along with him. So it became a much, you know, the whole purpose of sort of, why it started to really become popular again in the last few years was it was truly an excellent idea. It was the perfect model for what we now know as content marketing. Um, What people didn't tend to realize was Bob Ross, as famous as he became somewhat cult-like figure um, in a retrospective sort of way as well, is that it was a content marketing business model. So he would, you know, the, the show was very low budget, Um, and it stayed that way, but as he would paint, they would flash things on the screen, like the colors you need, um, which are standard colors. Like they're not Bob Ross colors. So when, if you paint, you know, that there's like phthalo blue and there's cadmium orange and there's blah, blah, blah. And you only need Oh, I thought those were Bob Ross colors. Cause I was like, who has like. Yeah. So they flash on the screen. Exactly. Um, and he just gets right to it, but those are just standard, you, you know, any manufacturer of paint. Those are standard colors so that because painting is all about mixing colors and the fact that I'm just a wee bit colorblind, which seems to always. Yeah, we've talked about this. That's why I wear black. Just kidding. I'm a little colorblind, which as a graphic designer was something I hid, but now it just makes me more interesting, right? Now I'm just more interesting Um, because we know that's not hard to do. (laughs) Make me more interesting. Anyways, it's an awesome phenomenon. I'll go into the details, but Lindsay, let's talk about why Bob Ross is even 
surfacing these days. Hmm. Yes, let's. So before we jump into that, do you know the percentage of people, the actual percentage of people who paint along with Bob Ross during these episodes? You do know? Are you going to reveal that later? It's my favorite thing about this whole topic. Well, I can tell you, maybe I'm wrong, but the facts I have is over 90% of viewers do not paint alongside him, which I actually thought it could be higher. I like Really? You thought it was higher? So only 10% of people actually paint along with him. Yeah. Like who cooks along with Julia Child? Do you know what I mean? Like it's that whole idea. That's exactly what the show is about. But do you really, like you said, Lindsay, is, you know, you're sitting there back in those days, you, you didn't have all this content Good at show. your, at your, <laughs> <laughs> you did. You had Other shows? Called- you had what was called a TV guide if you were at all a TV watcher. And I had a TV if guide. you didn't have a TV guide, you didn't sit in front of the TV. Like channel surfing wasn't a thing unless you were <laughs> trying to lose weight. So you had to get up and go to the TV. You were also like, we were a lot of kids in my family. You didn't just go up and change the channel. It had to be like, everything had to be voted on. Like you, you sat down wow. on Tuesdays at eight o'clock on channel three because happy days was on and either it was a new episode or a rerun. And if it was a rerun, you didn't watch it. Oh, really? Yeah. People didn't watch reruns? No. It's if you missed it, you looked at the TV guide, it told you which episode it was, but like, it wasn't cool to watch reruns. It's like, don't you have something else to do? Isn't that crazy? I don't have something else to do. Okay. So but enough about that. Yeah. So Bob Ross has now resurfaced over the course of the last year because um, people are obviously of very high anxiety and they're looking for more kind of meditative state activities to latch on to that help them cope with stress and give them something different to do and put them in this, you know, um, calming kind of mind state, which I think Bob Ross was always known for like was he was did they know that about the show back then that it was just very calming and soothing to be watching him do these episodes no like that wasn't that was an after that was sort of like part of the phenomenon okay but that wasn't what it was however the woman that discovered him stated that she was in one of his classes and that's exactly she was like he was so soothing and zen that so that's isn't that interesting but i would say uh, it's, it's just part of the package that is Bob Ross. And just okay. so I should mention Bob Ross passed away in 1995. So the fact that he's still, or even now becoming very popular, um, is quite remarkable. Right. Yeah. So we saw these articles and things on Bob Ross start to surface and this one in particular caught your attention and you shared it with me. And it's obviously from my favorite publication, the drum, which I feel like I just need to get a job there. Should I just work there? Okay. All I do is yeah, talk about the drum it. all day. You totally should just be one of those uh, resident reporters or whatever they call, right? Like whatever they call they'll it. They'll be like, Hey, I want to work for you. And they'll be like, no, we're fine. Thanks. So <laughs> Thanks. No, they just because you. you love us doesn't mean we love you. Um, yeah. So I'm like, okay, so what's actually going on with Bob Ross? So this article is called Why Mountain Dew Created a 40-Minute Bob Ross Lost Episode to Bring Joy by Painting. So I'm like, oh, interesting. Crazy. So it says, for generations, budding painters have consumed Bob Ross' meditative step-by-step guide to landscapes, 
from its primetime heyday on PBS to its later resurgence on the web. After a year that saw people turn to his show, The Joy of Painting, to stay mindful, Mountain Dew decided to revisit the icon, bringing him back from the dead for a full 40-minute lost episode. The drum finds out how the happy little painter came back to life. So I'm like, okay, so it's so cool. Like during the pandemic with anxiety and stress at a very high level, people are kind of going back and latching on to his content um, as a different kind of meditative state um, activity to stay calm and present and mindful. And a totally different demographic. Right. So this article goes on to say, Part artist, part magician, Bob Ross built up his trade by revealing his secrets. While painting can feel like a daunting highbrow space for many, Ross democratized it, giving agency to those who never thought they could pick up a paintbrush, let alone paint yes. a masterpiece. While Ross That's enjoyed- what it was. That's what it was. Sorry, I'm interrupting. That's what it was. It was, it made you feel like you could do what he was doing. Okay. I think that's the attraction. Got it. Okay. He made it so simple. Yeah. And it really was his approach. Okay. So they said, while Ross enjoyed fame between 1986 until his death in 1995 with the PBS TV show, The Joy of Painting, his enduring popularity is thanks to the web with old episodes on YouTube racking up millions of views. Keen to tap into Ross's posthumous fame, this month Mountain Dew decided to resurrect the painter for a full 40-minute lost episode. It felt like the right time to spread joy to remind people of the simpler approach to life that things continue to be difficult in our world. It's chaotic out there, but Bob's voice and style bring comfort and joy. So that's why they did it. That's why Mountain Dew kind of partnered with the Bob Ross company to resurrect this lost episode. Yeah, it was really cool. They kind of, I, I said, the way I see it is they Forrest Gumped it. Um, so a lot of sort of like that Robert Zemeckis sort of CGI, um, where they basically took one of his old episodes. And as part of the painting that he's doing in that episode, um, at the end, is he paints a giant bottle of Mountain Dew in the scene. Um, right. Which is, to me, it's, the whole thing got my attention because I always remember back in the day when I worked in beverage, uh, it just meant I drank while I worked. Um, <laughs> Mountain Dew was the, like, Mountain Dew was the extreme, right? They were extreme sports. They were all that stuff. Um, that it was such a calming thing. And I think that's kind of the the demographic that the Bob Ross brand has attracted, as you said, Lindsay, in a time where the, I, something I found really interesting in one of the articles that I saw was, and I have to look at it because I always forget the four letters. It's one of the early things we talked about in podcast camp, ASMR. Hmm. Oh, so, really? Like that soothing sound of his voice? Yeah, something very ASMR. It says, which just so you know, you know, Lindsay, but Lindsay first introduced this to me when we were in this really high-end podcast studio back in the day when we used to be able to do that. And the whole idea of ASMR, which stands for autosensory meridian response, it's literally this tingling sensation that begins from the scalp and moves down the back of your neck and up your spine. Um, they call it a pleasant form of paresthesia. It has been compared with auditory tactile and may overlap with what they say, frissons. Frisson? You know, a little frisson? Um, so it's just whole ideas. It's this other sensory kind of experience. Um, you know, if you haven't listened, he had to smoke 
maybe that's not right for me to say that, but he just got this really, he's two things. He's got this tone of voice, this um, cadence of speaking. And he says things like, I have a few quotes here. Like he's so known to be quoted. There's nothing wrong with having a tree as a friend. You can buy t-shirts now on his website and all that stuff. And it's, it, it refers to happy little trees. Um, these are mm-hmm. things that he would talk about when he did them. Right. So as he created each thing on the canvas, it's like, okay, now we're just going to do happy little trees over here. Um, there were always landscapes typically with mountains. Um, what's really interesting is he, when they do the math, he says, he said, because he, he taught, uh, or tried to teach painting prior and he had classes and all that stuff that he's probably painted about 30,000 paintings in his career or he had. Um, but when they do the math for how many paintings he would have had to have done for the show, I think it's more than 3000, um, because he had to create three paintings and this is when I'll get into the content marketing. He had to create three paintings for every episode. One for when to show at the beginning of the episode. So people knew or something like that. Like I can't remember what it was, but he needed one ready for the show. He needed the best one to be for his books. So the joy of painting, and this is part of the marketing is, you know, it was a series of books, guides, um, kits, uh, supplies, all that stuff. And that's where he made his money. Um, that one would go in the published book. And then the last one, which they called the, the cheapest one, would be uh, the one he did during the episode. Um, yeah, I think it was he did like the first one to practice the one during and then the one after was the perfected one. Uh, yeah, I don't know the order. It was more of just looking at content. So even like you and I, Lindsay, as we figure out how we promote this brilliant podcast to understand mm-hmm. that how much content do I need to create? And he had to. He, he had to have three because uh, one went to the printer. Again, nothing was digital. So one had to go to the printer uh, to huh. be photographed and put in the book. And it was the highest quality one. So anyways, you know, the, the, one of the articles I saw talked about um, it's a New York times article, which is really interesting. And there's a great video in it. So we'll definitely add that to the links um, where, you know, the, the, this guy is on a quest <laughs> for a Bob Ross and you'd think you'd be able to get one. You can't get them. They're virtual, virtually inaccessible. Um, right. What you find out is they're all in the warehouse. Um, can't remember exactly why, but he was, Bob Ross was not someone who saw his himself be a famous artist. Uh, he painted cause he loved it. He taught because he loved it. And he found this perfect niche for a business that he wanted to teach people how to paint. And what better way to do that than to create a show and have, you know, a very low budget show. Um, but if you look at that, um, it's like a 10 minute, almost like a little documentary uh, by the New York times. It's really interesting. And it's still a burgeoning business does quite well. A lot of cool merchant swag. Um, but if you were to see one posted uh, one painting, and if it truly were authentic, they say it would go anywhere from eight to 10 grand. Wow, really? There, yeah, there's even an example where there was a triptych, which is a series of three paintings um, that was okay. sold online for $55,000. Oh my goodness. But what's interesting is, is, you know, when I was talking about when I wanted to be an artist, it was the idea was you would have to be really good and you would make your money based on the value of your paintings, right? Yeah, like, selling the actual paintings themselves. Yeah, um, where actually that was not the case and proof in point that, most of his art isn't even accessible 
because that wasn't even part of it. It was really, those were just the means to, this is the content that needs to be created in order to do what he wanted to do, which was teach people and encourage them to paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty cool. And in the end, yeah, very said, cool. in his end, um, his business was a, they say it was a $15 million empire. So in the mid nineties, they say that's worth about 30 million today. And he's a guy who's just, he did what he loved. He did it his way. Um, in 2019, his work became part of the official Smithsonian collection and they're working on an exhibit. Um, and didn't he at one point say, you know, nothing I make will ever hang in the Smithsonian. Exactly. Like he was on uh, the Phil Donahue show, which was actually in 1994, the talk show host, Phil Donahue asked Mr. Ross to say out loud, your work will never hang in a museum. Um, and then Mr. Ross replied, well, maybe it will, but probably not the Smithsonian. Humble right, man. Okay. That was it. But he'd yeah. already achieved quite an incredible fame at that point. Cause if we're talking, Phil Donahue was in the nineties, let's say he was on the Oprah of that time, um, doing what he does and known for it. So it, it's just this under the radar kind of phenomenal thing. For me, what was funny was I was so excited to share with Lindsay and she's like, who's Bob Ross? And I'm like, you're kidding, right? Because she always makes fun of me for not being cool. And my, one, one may say <laughs> that I'm not cool just because I know Bob Ross, but because my kids who are young adults um, or close to it, became huge Bob Ross fans in the last few years. And they would just lie there and, you know, if they wanted to sleep in on a weekend, uh, if you have teenage kids, you know, that's what they do. And they have their laptops and they would binge watch Bob Ross or they really? would play it while they were doing their homework. And I was, this is hilarious. As wow. soon as I mentioned it to Lindsay, I went upstairs and there, my youngest daughter's laptop is on the counter, which is her classroom now. A sticker, a Bob Ross sticker on her laptop. She's creative. So crazy. Yeah. So it's really, it's really nice. And I thought I would read this piece um, from 1991 when asked about his legacy. Mr. Ross, who said he has produced nearly 30,000 paintings. The prolific Picasso did not match that record. He does not sell his paintings or show work in galleries. Mr. Ross said he had no desire for a major exhibit. There are thousands of very, very talented artists who will never be known, even after they are dead. He said, most painters want recognition, especially by their peers. I achieved that a long time ago with TV. I don't need anymore. Hmm. Like, it's just this lovely. I know it's so interesting because. I mean, the cynical part of me just feels like that can't be true. Like all he really wanted to do is teach. Like, meanwhile, he's selling millions of dollars of art supply products. But he didn't, it wasn't like so, an infomercial. That's what no, they say I know. is so amazing. But it's not to say that it wasn't, at least it's somewhat calculated, like in that way. It's not like he was like, oh, I never want to also sell anything, you know? So it's just like, I'm so, it's such His a- true model was he made money by encouraging people to believe that they could paint painting would make them happy. Right. I have a few quotes that I just kind of thought summarize it really well. Um, it was in the Huffington post. Actually, they did an article on his birthday a few years ago. Um, they say for those unfamiliar with his public television show for shame, exclamation point, Lindsay, the joy of painting Sorry. consisted largely of Ross 
demonstrating the wonder that is landscape painting. He painted mountains and trees and streams, all the while dropping incredibly Zen knowledge in his tingle-inducing tingle tones. His episodes were equal parts art instruction and tranquil wisdom, perfect for the ASMR obsessed among us. Yeah, I think that's what people are looking for now, that tranquil wisdom. Yeah, which was the underlying part, but I think that's what got him all the fans. And I think we talked about this in our last episode where you said, I actually wasn't boring to listen to. And I was so touched. Um, I'm getting teary eyed again, but it's to say is you could know all you want, but if you're not interesting, you've got nothing. Right. Right. And no one has commented. So I'm going to assume I'm not hated by all until I am. Um, <laughs> not yet. As a sort of celebrate his birthdays, I think in 2016, um, she put together, I think it was like 50 quotes from his show. 50 Bob Ross quotes? Yes. Like he was so consistent. And that's another thing about content marketing, right? He's so consistent in the way he communicated that you just, yeah, that's goes, what you went for. I always for. sound like a broken record. Don't I sound like Somebody a broken said. record? Yeah. Though I watched maybe a couple of episodes. Oh, so funny. And he was just like, don't I just sound like a broken record? <laughs> I'm curious if you played it for your daughters. I'm curious to see whether they it would keep their attention. Yeah. I remember you said those street painters. I would, if if we were somewhere, I'd beg my parents, can you just leave me here and I'll just watch just this watch for the next few hours? Yeah. And they were like, no. It is pretty mesmerizing. Um, here's a few quotes that just give you a taste of his personality. This is where, this is one he's really known for, is we don't make mistakes. We just have happy accidents. I'm sure I actually love that one. <laughs> so his, because he would make mistakes. I'm just going to take a little more and make a little tree. Happy little accidents. And he was learning as he went. Yeah. Um, another thing that's really good for brands and content marketing, right, is you learn as you go. There has to be that aspect of showing that mistakes can be, are just, means of learning. Yeah. And it's, I think it's that vulnerability too, that made him so, um, attractive so, to follow so vulnerable. Yeah. Because Absolutely. I feel like most artists, especially of the time, the Andy Warhols and all of that, like they wouldn't reveal something until it was their perfect, like masterpiece, you know, and that was the value of art. That's how you made money with mm -hmm. art. So that's why his model, which he, you said, you said it's very calculated. It absolutely yeah. was. He didn't happen into it, which is why it's so celebrated. Right. Well, another one is, I think there's a, an artist hidden at the bottom of every single one of us. So you have to understand like his show was 26 minutes long. No edits. Yeah. Wow. No edits. He stood in the studio and he did it. So these things that he got, that they, they were just things that rolled off the tongue. And I think that's, Part it it could be like oh that's why he was so consistent because he was just all, always himself. But on the, the other hand, you'd be like wow that's pretty impressive that he could keep that consistency and that message and that character, which mm -hmm. just goes to show how authentic it it really was. But I was reading something too that said he was so calculated, like he would rehearse and rehearse and rehearse, and he would know every word of every episode that he was going to say long before he ever recorded it. Like he was like in the way that, you know, Martha Stewart is so calculated about her brand presence and how she represents herself. Although it seems like, oh, his wild hair and him just like going on and filming these 26 minute episodes, like one cut, no, 
no edits, no nothing. Like he, from what it sounds like, he was a very calculated, um, attention to detail had to be his way type of person. Okay. It's not unlike what we talked about where you make fun of me for being overprepared. I'm very calculated. That's good. I'm not making fun of you. <laughs> so, uh, he talks about like no pressure, just relax and watch it happen. Uh, it's so important to do something every day that will make you happy. It was all his, his idea was painting will make you happy. Right. I love this one, which is now going to be a new one for me is talent is a pursued interest. Anything that you're willing to practice, you can do. And it's that idea that don't assume you have to be good at something to have to develop that talent. You just have to work a little harder at it. It's interesting because that's a lot of, you know, obviously I follow a lot of parenting psychology and stuff like that. And that's what they say you lean into in, in these days and these times and what they know about psychology is that right. it's not about like you're not born with talent. You're not like born to be a basketball player. Like even the best basketball players work their asses off. Like it doesn't nothing's just yeah, handed no one to just, you. He, yeah. Yeah. And you can be That's what, good. you know, you can be what you want to be as long as you practice hard enough to get there. So it's like, that's such an interesting thing that he kind of knew that latched onto that and just delivered those messages in these little sound bites to people. Yeah. I did collect a few sort of stats that I thought you'd find interesting from Wikipedia, from uh, a lot of content on YouTube, from Huffington Post, a bunch of places. Um, he has a YouTube channel that remains very active. Do you have any idea how many subscribers? It has subscribers. It's millions, isn't it? Yeah, four point, it's almost 5 million wow. as of yesterday. Um, I tried to do some quick math. I looked, I'm gonna say every episode, you have to understand there are 403 episodes. Wow. An average across the episodes only on YouTube because they're available everywhere else and they're still on public television today, the average, I would say, is conservatively a million views per episode. Wow. 31 seasons. He had 31 seasons. Um, sadly, he was forced to uh, shut it down uh, and passed away the following year. He shut it down in uh, 1994. Um, he passed away of lymphoma at the age of 52. I'm going to be 52 in two weeks. They even said like that goes even to his attention to detail and his dedication that even in his final episodes, you wouldn't know it, but he's wearing a wig and he's not well. And he was just so dedicated to continuing to do this that he did it for as long as he could in whatever state he was in to, to continue to pursue it before he That's had to amazing. shut it down. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned at the time that he passed away, his empire was valued at 15 million, which in today's dollars is 30 million. Um, part of the Smithsonian collection, officially, they're going to be working on an exhibit uh, with the likes of the Julia Childs and the Mr. Rogers. And it's just this era of television that, you know, you, you had people had to go to the television. They had to go when it was on and you had to have a captive audience. So it's just a whole different way of content. Right. Um, in Wikipedia, it says in 2015, all 403 episodes of The Joy of Painting were added to the official Bob Ross YouTube channel, as I mentioned. So they're all wow. there. Uh, is the Mountain June, Dew one there as well? It is not. But right now, if you Google it, everything comes to the Mountain Dew campaign. 
Oh, does it? Yeah. But it is in collaboration. Like it is in full collaboration. So it'll be interesting. That's a good question. Once again, Lindsay asking, should, I don't know. Uh, In June of 2016, (laughs) the Netflix repackaged several of the episodes uh, of the joy of painting under the moniker beauty is everywhere. And I think that's when my kids started to see it on Netflix. Yeah. Cool. They can do whatever they want with this brand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, they'll just keep doing it. What I will say is go to bobross.com. You it's still active. It's, it's a great site. You can buy painting supplies, books and DVDs, uh, take classes or they do a teaching certification. So there are like something like 175 certified Bob Ross teachers. So his legacy lives on. I'm buying you a t-shirt. Thank you. I'm not going to tell you which one. Um, There's lots of say, lots of swag. He is an icon. He's known for his Afro. The funny thing about the Afro was when he first got the perm, he did it so he wouldn't have to cut his hair. So as often because he was before he succeeded on TV he took it on the road and did traveling classes and it didn't do that well. Um, sadly, they already created his logo, so he couldn't cut it. <laughs> he didn't like the look, they said. So much about him. I had forgotten about him and I just thought, wow, I love that the drum and our industry did something really good for a brand from another brand that did a lot of good. Yeah. And it's such like an interesting time to do something like that, where, you know, I think Mountain Dew clearly had that kind of insight to know this emotional connection that comes from watching Bob Ross in the show and the state that people are in right now, where even in the drum, it says this nostalgia is a very powerful, emotional connection for people, especially when you're living through such a chaotic time where we still have so many unknowns. Nostalgia is comfortable, it brings joy, and it creates a little bit of order in the world of chaos. So like clearly they would have wanted to lean into that comfort and nostalgia, knowing that's what people are looking for, which is why it was such a great time for this partnership. Yeah. And I think that's the first thing I noticed, whether it was explicit or not, was they clearly had done a lot of work because Bob Ross to me would not be an icon associated with Mountain Dew, but to see that there's that whole nostalgia thing that the younger generation is looking for during these times, good on them for really pinpointing a particular, what I would say trigger. Um, And in the end to just, you know, get Bob Ross out there to a group of people who clearly, um, enjoy him from a, a sensorial sort of mental health standpoint. So I loved it. I don't know if you can tell that. <laughs> we can tell and we're with you. Now I'm going to spend my whole long weekend watching Bob Ross paint landscapes and pretending like I'm going to join in and paint along too with my margarita. Side note, put it on for the girls and just see what they do. I will. I know one of them is immediately going to run and get her stuff and start painting. Awesome. Very cool topic, Sean. Thanks. Thanks for allowing me my Bob Ross. Yeah, you're welcome. Everyone, we'll see you after the long weekend. Lindsay, nice to see you. Nice to see you. Happy long weekend. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Happy weekend. That's it for this episode, my fellow marketeers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, subscribe to this podcast at thetwomarketeers.ca. That's thetwomarketeers.ca. Spell it out. Be sure to tune in for more marketing adventures every month from us, the Two Marketeers. But you can just call us Sean and Lindsay. Actually, I, I would prefer Wise Guy. Yeah, I, I know you would. We're not, we're not doing that. <laughs>